the morning sickness relapse with uh, intern Jeremy. I'm going to do a film of my thing. So <laughs> I need to film it. <laughs> uh, can you even make that out? Does anybody? I, c- I see it. I guess this is what we're doing now. Didn't you get into radio for the visual aspects of it? Yeah, I don't understand this. We radio is so we're so much into the idea of filming everything now. Video killed the radio star, John. No, that's forty years old. (laughs) That's a timely (laughs) reference. (laughs) Don't buggles me right now, (laughs) Dom. You know he's been super excited. He's been telling me for. A year now that they were going to set up cameras. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. So. Dom is no taller than the chair I'm sitting in. He's standing up right now. Who t- I know. You can barely see him. And there he is behind the couch. Okay. Is it odd having someone back behind you just clicking away? It's always away? odd with a man behind you. <laughs> until you get used Especially to him. Especially that ginger Dom. No, he likes a, when we bring racist. him up on the podcast. Does he? Yeah. Dom's good people. He's a big fan of that. Dom and I have nice talks together. We do a lot of driving. Yeah, you guys have to drive all the way out to Surprise. Sometimes. It's nice. Yeah, he basically tells chats. me a, a long list of people here in the building he hates. I think it's everybody. <laughs> it is. And and then I confirm or deny whether or not it's justified to hate that person. And I've yet to open my mouth. It's t- <laughs> Every one of them has yeah. been justified. Yep. That seems reasonable. Oh, no. I hate them, too. <laughs> You're like, you know what, Dom? Dom's if right. If I didn't hate you, I'd like you. Dom's right an awful lot is the way I come out of those drives. And I drive home alone and think about how much I hate Dom. <laughs> For complaining You're like, I hate him, but he's oh, right. God, dude, he hates everybody. And, uh, man, it makes me hate Dom, but he's right. And so your, your ever-growing uh, midlife crisis just keeps manifesting it's in not, different it's ways. It's just a thing. Jesus Christ. Now you're saying, don't live your life to the no, fullest. No, I'm saying... Don't dance like nobody's watching. That's stupid. Be I've afraid. always said that was stupid. And not be afraid. Just accept the fact that we live our lives every single day in self-preservation yeah but yet we we march around acting all brave and like well i'm just live my life like today is my life if you truly lived your life like it was your last day you'd cry all day call people you love and maybe shoot heroin <laughs> and like commit crimes if this was the last day i was alive i'd just go kick kids <laughs> there's no that's, repercussions that's the old, if you have gta rules apply <laughs> that's kicking kids essentially your you're right if it's if you truly knew this was the last day you'd be alive you'd drive around like it was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, I'm fine. But so live your live your life like it's the last day because you never know. And I'm like, no, you don't. But we all live in terrifying fear and we're so used to it because as children, we banged into stuff, touched hot things, poked ourselves, cut ourselves and everything else to teach us, be afraid of all these things that can hurt yeah. you. And then it became normal to wake up every morning with a list of things we do to keep us safe. And we, it's self-preservation. So then we lie and say, dance like no one's watching. And that's just an insecure person reminding themselves, your insecurities are normal. Yeah. Nobody ever dances like no one's watching. What, the, what are you doing? Elaine. Elaine did, and look what happened. It became a 30-minute hilarious show like she shouldn't be dancing. I mean, we, we, we fear death so much that right. we, and aging. Aging, we, I fear. We will go to a gym yeah. and do stuff that we, is not fun. Right. <laughs> Horrible. Because we're like, we want to fight this off. Right. And I think that the fear, that midlife crisis, uh, things you learn about it are, uh, it's not a fear of death. It's not a fear of endings. It's a fear of what you didn't lingering. Do. Yeah. It's oh. a fear of uh, irrelevance and lingering. And not irrelevance in like a fame or notoriety sort of way. Irrelevance in your own life. 
you know so you get into this like i feel like oprah all of a sudden like oprah always used to have these talks i'm like wow well, she's really introspective but when you start analyzing your own thoughts rather than just brushing them off some people can do that i can't i'm not one of those people that's like wow i'm having these weird thoughts and so you you, you wonder like why why would i think that and so you kind of dive in that's philosophy i went to college and much to my dad's chagrin for two years i was a philosophy major <laughs> and you're like, what a waste of time and money for other people when you could, all you need to do is just read and then yeah. say, oh, I just need to think about things. And so you start analyzing your own thoughts. So you try to figure you out. My big life quest is figuring me out, loving me as much as I can. I want to love me more than I love anything else in yeah, the you world. you got to love yourself. Because if you First, don't, yeah. you're just fooling yourself. I love me the most. I can't give anybody anything until that's complete. So... And that's where I'm like, wow, I, I don't know if I like this new part of me. And you're like, why am I doing that? And then you have these like little in, inner conflicts and things start to worry you that didn't worry you before. That's a midlife crisis. That's where you're like, whoa, has my opportunities that I've passed by, are they now getting me? And is this what I'm going to become? You, you start to just start, you're reorganizing. It's yeah. like a business that went bankrupt and you reorganize. You're still going, you're still doing everything right. Yeah. But you're reorganizing, your, your, your way of processing things is different. You've always said that you wanted it to be, you know, whenever you decide to be done doing this, you want to have enough money saved up so that you're just going to continue your lifestyle, do your traveling, have fun. And when the money runs out, you're going to end it. You you don't want to be in a diaper. You don't want to be in a walker. You want to eliminate responsibility responsibly. Yeah. And that's a real weird thing. Like, I want to get rid of all these responsibilities I have. But I want to do it in a way that's so responsible that that's now a responsibility. So it's another responsibility yeah. on top of the responsibilities you to want be, to get rid of. have to be smart about getting rid of things from my life over the next 20 years to make it so I don't have bags going into the future. And I don't, and it, you don't do that when you're younger. No. You, you bring them with you and you're like, we'll take care of this another time. And yeah. I don't want You're that. at that point in your life where you yeah. can't put those off I want to or clean your mind up. won't let right, you right. put I want it to clean off. Every, I don't want to go into the future going, I don't want to be those guys in the deathbed holding someone's hand going, was I a good man? Oh, yeah. I don't want that question. I want to, I want to be comfortable, and I know they ever will be, but I want in to be yourself, comfortable yeah. with the idea that, you know what, I did all I could to make sure I was doing it right. How's Megan on this journey? Still? I haven't spoken to her since July. You, don't t- <laughs> you just stay at a she resort. She fucks and- everything up. <laughs> She was first on the list of responsibilities <laughs> she, you got to get, get rid of. This. Got to be a earner. Girls got to be a earner. Do you have like a chalkboard and you write down all your and like Megan's like, why is my name at the top of this got to get rid of yeah, board? And you're like, well, we're working on today. that one. No, she's great. She's been awesome. So it's it has been a transition of like these like I'm not normally a person that sits on the couch and just stares at the floor, but I'm doing that. A that lot. sounds bleak. Well, it's it's not sad. It's really. It's just I'm, I'm uh, being very thoughtful right now with things. You're really thinking. I things love through. it. I actually yeah. really like it. I feel like I feel like it's an opportunity to get smarter about who I am. But that's a, that's a good attitude to have about it because if you if you didn't have that attitude, that's yeah. what will break you down. I think it's I think the the, the stereotypical parts of a, uh, of the midlife or a like any crisis in life is you ignore the fact that your your mind is questioning a lot more things than it used to. And you feel like, well, this is going into a new realm of life. And you're like, no, I want to be young. You're afraid of losing youth. It's the same thing when you graduate from high school and you see all those girls that were so popular in high school. That's got to have a term eventually, too. Like midlife crisis, I call it peaked in high school, but midlife crisis was brought around in the 50s um, or 60s. 
Um, something about that has to happen for women in their late teens, early 20s when they graduate from high school and realize that's not how life's going to work for me. Oh, it's not, everything's not popular. handed to them anymore. I yeah. was popular. Everybody loved me and everything. And I didn't have to, you know, and everybody paid attention. And then you go into college and like, what happened to this most popular girl in school? What happened to. Now I'm just pop- another person. Now I'm yeah. just another person in the thing and I have to earn stuff again. And some girls can't handle it. And then you see them in reunions 20 years later saying, high school was the best time of my life. That's what a midlife crisis is for people like me. I don't want to look back and say that was the best. That was the. I want it always to be getting better. Yeah. Until I just can't function. It's anymore. weird because I've been thinking a lot lately about like stuff that I potentially missed out on. Like I didn't yeah. go to a traditional four year college. I didn't live in dorms. Did you go to college? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. God, you seem kind of dumb. <laughs> I thought college made people. Smart. I mean, I, they, it obviously didn't work, but well, I didn't. It wasn't go. a barber's college. No. Why you guys got to take shots? We're, we're we're finally doing video, which I didn't think was going to ever happen. I hate I'm going to be Dom's been saying one? this. Is that you? You're on this that one's one. me. Yeah, this That's one's you right here. So you could say hi to the people. And then Dom's got but his like, own. was he beating off behind us? I think he is. Yeah, That's cool. It's a Don't little giggle at that. <laughs> but I I never wanted to do that. But for some reason, every once in a while, I think I'm like, I think I might have missed out. But then yeah. thinking back on 19 year old Jeremy, I didn't think like I want to go live in dorms and I want to. So well, I don't think I When you're 19, you never think back. Like, man, when I was seven, I probably should have. <laughs> you, you, you just don't think back on your life that way. Enough time passes after now me forty seven years, Oof, where you're kind of like I've, I've gotten a lot done. Did I did I screw it up to this point? Is this an, like I've done a lot? Do I have a lot to show for it? And you start to look at that. I think it's why athletes can't leave sports. Like it, there's a there's a factor of like yeah after ten years I'm gonna have more money than I could ever imagine. I'm gonna, this and that, and then they just jump right back into coaching or. Uh, I think broadcasting, it, it, they, they want to be around it. It, 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 yeah. it, it, it helps who identify are. who they are. And I think they're afraid to be, I, I want to be those, I don't want to be one of those people that's afraid to sit in a room by himself and not, and feel lonely. I'm never going to feel that. Yeah. I know that already. Well, because you prefer that. Well, it isn't even a preference. It's just I'm, comfor- I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Being who I am. A lot of people aren't like And that. a lot of people have to get out and like, I can't, I can't be around all this introverted or possibly, introspective stuff. That's possibly why you haven't, you don't seem to have that addictive personality oh, that leaves. opposite. Really? Crazy. Well, that's why I feel like you've never really gotten into like drugs and stuff because people that that's can't live with themselves, they don't go, they do drugs because they can't live with well, themselves. Well, that's also a control thing, which yeah. is why this is also a big kind of clashing of control issues with addictive things so then I become hyper it's almost like I've got Asperger's I become hyper focused we diagnosed you with that a long time <laughs> on one thing yeah everybody else knew I'm just finding out I become hyper focused on this one thing to try to make sure that I don't drag it along and make it a bigger thing I don't want any life anchors and I feel like I'm in a transition in life where I could I could possibly be, p- be picking up some landmines with this and I can I gotta just address them and blow them up accordingly I don't think you should blow up, Megan. I mean, at least just let her go I on her say way. She had to go. We're saying life anchors, so for video. Yeah, they'll get that on the video. Maybe Dom oh. can get some infrared. And Do see we have the... smell a vision? Because wow, <laughs> is it bad? Dom's gonna get it in a second. He's gonna get lower into the ground. I think he <laughs> melted the chair. And then uh, the good news was was Brady finally sealed the deal with Ronnie all over a Christmas tree. Don't say all over Christmas tree. I think it was all over her face. Oh, poor Ronnie. <laughs> Who does that all over a Christmas tree? I don't know, Brady. He's the same guy that beats uh, off the fish tanks. Uh, he flocked his Christmas tree, you're saying? Yeah. Um, I don't think he, he bought a green tree and that thing's white now. Brady opened up and, you know, yeah. out of nowhere and just basically said it's uh, it's all or nothing with the sex world and started to tell. listen to the podcast. And I don't like it. Yeah. 
Something's got to give here. Brady's going to pop. <laughs> Jeez, I, Pete, I'm but filled up. I'm like a mayonnaise do, jar. Oh, God. <laughs> he didn't do the, the Wiener Man. No, uh, Wiener idea. Man was a great idea. But, yeah, he bought her a computer for $2,000 and bought her a Christmas tree they put up early. Yeah, in the, the, the first her. of November. Yeah, it, 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 if it were any normal person, you'd wonder why your wife got turned on blowing you next to a Christmas tree. Because that, yeah. to me, tells me that... Uh, there was some relationship in her life with an uncle that got weird around the holidays. But I just like (laughs) how he's like, I got some last night. And he's like, well, we did have to go buy a new MacBook." And you're like, wait, so (laughs) you paid her. And he's like, no, no, let's just not talk about that. No, 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 no. But he got so comfortable with the idea that he just released. Yeah. He didn't care. She could have asked for whatever. You know, I need a new computer. Yeah, I do know that. When my legs get better, we're going to go to Best Buy and treat you like a little lady. You deserve I'm waiting for her to pull that right when he's done and he's in that afterglow. She's like, we need to get rid of that RV. He's like, yeah, you're right. That is a waste. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to blow the RV right out of the driveway. I think he's been sleeping in it in the driveway. As I've discovered just minutes ago, don't get too close to Brady's Christmas tree. Mm -mm. Because it is. (laughs) That snow looks fresh. (laughs) That is not. The snow is melting off the branches. Might be a little warm in here, Brady. (laughs) And then we found out John Gruden loves uh, Frank Caliendo. It's Frank Caliendo, man. Does that upset you? Frank Caliendo's your guy, you what, and man. I think Gruden's moving in on him. Tell you what, man. I'm going to get rid of all the other contenders, man. That Holmberg's <laughs> in the way. i got to get rid of him, man. Can't have that guy around the love of my life, Frank Caliendo, man. <laughs> it's a great pairing, Frank and John Frank Gruden. and John. He's going to move into one of three uh, Frank's three houses down there. You in can see it right there on top of the cake, man. <laughs> Congratulations, Frank and John. J O N. You better watch out. He's probably going to try to take your spot on that podcast. Maybe. <laughs> take a spot anywhere I can. If it's next to Frank, I want to be in that spot, man. I want to hold hands with that guy. I love you, Frank. Does Frank love him as much back? I, when I was with the two of them at that Raiders thing. Um, and, man, I tell you what, John Gruden was the nicest person ever. He didn't have to talk to me at all. And you can't help but look at him the way he's looking at you. But it was a, it was a... There, he loves Frank. Do the Barkley, man. Do so he just Barclay. yells at him to man, do impressions all the time. Great stuff, man. Do Gunther Cunningham. He's like, he's like, dance, monkey dance. And then Frank's like, I don't think I do Gunther. Do Gunther Cunningham, Frank. <laughs> he makes him do invitations. He doesn't do even a couple do. of my assistant coaches over there. Man. He's like, I don't know who those people are. Do it. He's like, do my great uncle. I, I never think, met him. <laughs> I think you got it in you, man. Do it. Do Gunther. <laughs> and Frank would do it. Perfect, man. Everything Every, you do is right on, man. Do Madden, man. Here's a guy who wants to do it. Like, no, man, do it the way I like it. And then so <laughs> so I'm sitting there talking to Gruden. He looks at me while Frank's talking to Mike Mayock and Derek Carr on the weirdest day of my life. And Gruden didn't have anybody to talk to, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. Oh, no, so is that awkward? Like, hey, man. So what do you do, man? <laughs> and I, I tried so hard not to, but I looked at him, and I'm like, radio, man. <laughs> you do the impression, too? Like, yeah, man. Everybody's doing it. I think John Gruden thinks everyone talks like that. Oh, he just thinks everyone it's talks yeah. like that to him. So he just thinks everybody sounds even the same. Derek Carr. When Derek we're Carr standing next to each other, we're all standing there while John's talking, and everybody starts doing the mm-hmm. yeah, man. <laughs> Derek Carr's like, a, I love DC, man. <laughs> DC. What do you think of me, DC? And I like you, JG. You're good people, man. Everybody in the room was doing it. And Is it that why Antonio great. Brown had to go? He, did, he couldn't, couldn't do, do the, the impression. Couldn't do the impression? I'm trying. My business is booming. <laughs> no, he was uh, man Gruden, man. 
pretty good dude. But yeah, he just pats me on the shoulder. What do you do, man? <laughs> Radio, man. You're like, you do the thing too. Is that cool? That's, do, man. that's gotta be so weird. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, man. It's a room full of meat. That's so odd. You want some food? That was the next thing he said to me. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm I'll, good. I'll fix you a plate. Loads of it, man. <laughs> and they did. They had a whole room full of just. But you buffet. feel weird, right? I'll tell you what, man. If it would eat something, weird. we got it. <laughs> Tons of it. It's like, I'll make you a to-go plate, man. Get that whole wall over there. It's just free food, man. The NFL is great. I fucking love football. <laughs> John Gruden's the best, right? I mean, it's his personality. He's awesome. the coolest person in the world. I mean, really, like, you're in a room with him. It was like, man, man. <laughs> you can't help it. He's super engaging. Like, the like you just realize why he's a head coach. He owns the room. And then just standing next to him, like, wow, this is, like, just a – He's a, You just, can tell why he's a head really, coach. You just know. Like, the, you, you feel like he cares about you. I knew him for two minutes. He wouldn't remember my name at all, but I, I felt like I, like he was really, like – I don't know. He might going text out of his way to, he loves you. And I love that Holmberg, man. <laughs> I met you. I knew right then. It was love at first sight, man. Those piercing blue eyes. <laughs> John Gruden. Ah, that guy. God, he, I wish he was still on TV. That was. Yeah, he was great. They never really cut him loose. If John Gruden was a coach 20 years ago and quit and like then got a job in the early 90s, late 80s, oh, he'd have been the John, he'd have John Madden, Harry Carey. He would have been able to cut loose, but he had to be kind of the. Yeah. What they wanted him to be. It's twenty nineteen. He was great, but yeah, standing next to him, like man, he he really acts like he cares about who's there, and makes sure that they have a decent experience, and not because of him. It's just this is what he's in charge of. Yeah. So he was a, he was it, a gracious you, host. Is That's, that his personality? Is that I think genuine? It, I think or it's he just really him. Well? I think he's authentic down to the core. What you see, I mean, nobody makes that face as a you know this is my thing, man. That's what he does. <laughs> That's him. So, uh, yeah, he, he was. It was odd, and I just remember leaving that room feeling better. Like Frank and I both said, he makes you feel better. He's like just so kind, such a gracious person. Maybe you should call him up. All this midlife crisis yeah. stuff you're going through, call hey, him up, and then just get off the phone, and you're like, I kind of feel better. <laughs> I pick it up, and man, hey, John, how are you, man? I've been waiting for your call, man. I, I know you're sense. going through a lot of stuff out there, man. You got a lot on your brain, man. Don't worry about it. It's real. I can sense it. The struggle is real, man, and I'm here for you. And then I we remember got, everything about yep. meeting you. <laughs> I want to meet John Gruden. Why don't you have him come be on the show? Have him quit nah. the Oakland Raiders. Too many weirdos standing in the hallway staring at him. Get rid I, of I that want Eric. to be a gracious host too, and it's people like you that ruin uh, good. Guests. I no, I keep my distance. I've asked for one picture, Jeremy. and that was that was with Putty. I've asked for you one. You chased picture. Putty. No, we you, had we had a great conversation. We're both both pro. You've asked fans. for more than one no, picture. One picture. You've hung around for more. No, than when it's well, you you Did have you chase to chase Putty outside. No, I don't. I don't chase him outside. I don't yeah. do any of that. Patrick Warburton, by the way. Sorry, yeah, team. yeah. I call him Putty. Hey, Paul. But I, I when when a comedian comes in, I leave the studio. I don't keep it crowded in there. I don't care. <laughs> see, he was cool. I, yeah. I didn't bother. Now, see, today You're it was the, one the opposite. Going to hell for asking, so who cares? It was a uh, Peter. <laughs> It was Bob Saget today, the one that was hanging around in the hall. Saget's awesome. He's dude. Yeah, he right. is hilarious. I say, well, look, we don't work for a living. This is pretty great. Got all these people coming in, and they tend to like us. So this is really great. And Bob Saget seemed to really like Saget. Him. We've known Saget now seventeen years. Wow. And played with him the first day. I'm like, this is easy. And I think Bob's happy because he goes so fast, and we can kind of play along. Keep up with it. Yeah. Instead of just trying to. He's the original first Golden State Warriors fan. 
Yeah, he's been around there for a while. There's an episode, uh, one of the first episodes oh, of Fuller right. House, of Full House back in the 90s, he was wearing the full jumpsuit. There, nobody knew they were a team back then. That's not <laughs> true, Jeremy. Run TMC was very popular in the late 80s. I don't care about the 80s. I With wasn't Mullins around then. And uh, uh, Hardaway. They win any championships? Uh, they were they were always the three or four seed, but they were chased. The, the Western Conference in the late 80s and 90s were so good because you had, man, the Trailblazers, the Suns, the Lakers were obviously yeah, the early kings 90s of Suns everything. Were really good. Sacramento was good. Too bad there was a better team in Chicago in the I 90s. I mean, yeah, for three years. But other than that, there was a better team in Detroit, and the Lakers had to fight them off. But, yeah, Bad that boys. Golden State team was about as fun as it got. Don Nelson was the head coach. They were unreal. And Chris Mullins was – evidently, he was drunk the whole time, and he was still lighting <laughs> he people He said he was up. just drinking he was on, when he was constantly playing? drinking. That's awesome. So, yeah, TMC was amazing. And then uh, – uh, uh, was it Detlef Shrimp? Who was the big white? It wasn't Detlef Shrimp He was with, a uh, maverick, but yeah. I think he was there. Saronis Marcelonis was with – no, no, Arvita Sabonis. Cernus Marcelonis might have been this. But they had loads of guys that were just, that team was so good and frustrating because all they did was just run you out of the gym. And the Suns did the same thing, but they couldn't get past the Lakers. Nobody could. That was before Golden uh, State Barkley was got good. all big, right? Well, Barkley was 93. Because he wasn't running anybody up and down the court. 89 <laughs> to 93 prior to Barkley coming over to the Suns. Was KJ Kevin Johnson that? came over in 88. Tom Chambers. Yeah, Tom Chambers, 89. Marley. Jeff Hornacek, Marley. The Suns had Mark some West. really good teams, they but they were just really playing good. in a, in a in an era that there was other teams that they were just never going to yeah. overcome. They had Andrew Lang and Mark West at center, and they blocked everything. But then you had the Rockets with Akeem Olajuwon, and eventually Clyde Drexler came over from the Blazers. And they, the they NBA so, used to be so oh, much fun, so good. I just don't amazing. like it all. So that don't much say now. Bob Saget was the first Golden State. Warriors I think he fan. was. He wasn't. Lenny Wilkins, they won a championship in the 70s. That doesn't – the 70s? Oh, Who cares? I wasn't around in the History 70s. History will repeat. Welcome back, Hitler. The youth doesn't care. <laughs> Did you hear about the um, – there is – I think he's French. He's an Instagram influencer. And he says, um, we don't need to teach World War II in school anymore because it's too traumatizing. So let's just – For stop. who? For the kids that are learning it. You think that was traumatizing? Imagine being in imagine, it. Imagine <laughs> being a Jew. <laughs> You ain't allowed to be those anymore either. He says that. You can't not. be a Jew anymore? Then he is Hitler. It's too, It's. it makes you feel bad. We yeah. shouldn't teach kids the World War II anymore. <laughs> too traumatizing. Also, there should be no more Jews. <laughs> Don't tell them of World War II and no more Jews. But Sounds I mean, like a plan. Yeah, I mean, he just, he gets up there and he's like, it's just too traumatizing. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like what Saget talked about. You have neighbors that say 9-11 will be blowing a lot of things up. It is our anniversary. We're having a party. Don't call the police. <laughs> Don't call. It's just their anniversary celebrations. So what else would you like to see taken out of curriculum oh my God. That, that you think is too traumatizing? Taken out of school? Yeah, math. Yeah, so if we're getting math, Math's the most traumatizing you? thing ever. We have, by last count, about two and a half billion people that'll do it for us. <laughs> and where are those people from, Asia. <laughs> They're great at it. It's not racist when it's true. You teach me up to how to uh, basically long division and some fraction stuff, and that's all I really need as an everyday guy. Well, because you have a calculator on your phone. And now I got the phone. When are you? When have you ever in your life had to sit down and write out a full equation to figure something out? Never. Bingo. I wouldn't know how. Bingo. If you want to do math, you can do it, but it should be an elective. But I feel the same way about English class. What writing. 
When am I ever going to write a book report on a book that I don't want to read? But you got to read it. That's basically teaching words. You got to learn to I read. I learned how to read when I was younger. Yeah, not in high school. Yeah, and you, and it teaches you to speak, and, it, and it's storytelling, and that's a different animal. But I don't Math speak like a, Shakespeare. I hated reading that garbage. It's boring. Right. I don't understand why Shakespeare gets taught either. It's boring. That I'd like to see eliminated. And I heard the guy was like a thief. He didn't write any of those, so he stole it. And that's debatable, but still. No, I think modernize it's true. I the stories the to our new it's language. There's, it's like Latin. You don't need to teach it anymore, and they still do in certain spots. They don't want it to die, but it already died. It's known as a dead language. And well, it's like your philosophy degree you were going for. That was going to be completely pointless. useless. <laughs> yeah, completely. What am I going to do with that when I'm working at Chick-fil-A? I have a friend that she went to school and got an anthropology degree. That's something. Uh, no, she doesn't have a job doing that. What and her doing? parents were not happy when she What does she do? Uh, I... I think she lives with her parents. Isn't anthropology the store at the mall that smells really good? They sell candles and fragrance? N- she yes should work no. there. If she, she had should an anthropology work there. degree. She should be a store manager the there. The right? irony would be that that's where she ended up working. You go there. You're a general <laughs> immediately. You're a GM. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Anthropology is the study of of apes. humans. It's the hu- it's the study of humans and evolution. Right? Uh, yeah, simians and and but like she's like that. She's like, and I knew it. She's like, it was fun, but she's like, I can't get a job doing this. She's like, I have to get a a, a PhD. Teach. You have to go teach. Well, go get yeah. a PhD then. No, she's too lazy to do that. So she got a four-year anthropology degree. And because she's... her parents are like, we're going to cut you off. Good. She was living in L.A. They live in San Francisco. They Where'd were she go to for school? Everything. Uh, what, what, uh, UCLA. She went to UCLA for anthropology and left saying that's plenty. Well, her four-year degree took about seven and a half oh, years to so get. Oh, so she did one of those. <laughs> and, she, she didn't just... evolve very quickly then. Because they, they said, yeah, she's there. her parents were like, no more money, no more credit cards if you're not going to school. And hmm. she's like, all right. And she's like, well, I'm kind of interested in this stuff. And she just drug she it out. She could teach it. Uh, I don't think she got the patience Write for that. Write a book. Mm-hmm. I don't. Not interested in it. I don't think so. So it bored her out of college. I mean, she liked it, but I think she was doing it for, for the money for from her parents. That's dumb. But I mean, were, weren't you going? To, were, did you go to school because your parents were like, "We want you to go to college"? No, they were scared to death that if I didn't, I would become a loser. Wow, were they wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stick it. Well, how, how about that, Dan? Yeah, my dad didn't go to college, and all of the people at his office and his work did. Oh, so he was and afraid. He was like, "I'm lucky. I would not have the job I have today if the rules applied the way they do now. We don't hire anybody without a college degree." Yeah. And so he's like, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. And I'm like, I'll go. I wanted to go. I just didn't know why. And so I started like English and uh, uh, just general stuff. And then I tried a public speaking thing. I got into like communications degree. I realized that was a waste of time. Back to English, then uh, philosophy, then looking around going, uh, I'm gaming the system here and I got nothing to show for it. And philosophy was the reason why I didn't go anymore. Oh, wow. So it's their fault that they lost a student. taught me. That it's all ambition and self, uh, like awareness that makes you better at things. You didn't think the communications degree would be beneficial for no, radio? because there were literally like four thousand people in every bit of the communications department at all times. And I'm like, everybody's going to get one of these. <laughs> this is going to be like getting McDonald's wrappers. We all have the same deal. I need to get into a field that's not so flooded with yeah. participants. Business communications all seem like everybody's getting one. Yeah. Philosophy, no one's getting one of those. But when you're 20 <laughs> like, and you're they're like, they're in demand. <laughs> then I'll have my own unique thing. But uh, yeah, philosophers aren't. I better be pretty freaking good at philosophy. And what I discovered was my biggest philosophy paper was uh, at the end of the year, the guy said, I want you to write your own test, 10 questions, and answer your questions. 
and everybody's like, well, what do you want us to do? What do you want? Do you want to write about this? You want to write that? And he goes, I want you to write ten questions and answer your own questions. What were the ten questions? You what asked? is the answer to number one? One. What is the answer to number two? Two. What is the <laughs> answer the way to number to three? Three. And then the last one was, uh, what is half of Barry Sanders' number? Ten. That's awesome. That's I got a, an A. You got an A? You know why? Some people came in with like forty page books trying to show the teacher all they'd learned. Oh, trying to be trying to be cool and, and he's like, like oh, look at me. I want you to have your own thoughts. Philosophy is not doing things that you think other people want. But that's why they lost your tuition check is because you're like, hey, this is what everybody else wants right. me to do. And everybody's do. like, well, I wanna, should I write about uh, Kant or should I write about all that? And I'm like, I don't know. And we all had discussions. People were scared to death. And I just thought to myself, we just got a free pass. <laughs> like, hey, idiots. There's no wrong answers. If we write our own questions, there's no wrong answers. I don't know. I think it's a test. And I'm like, that's the point of philosophy. Your own thoughts aren't wrong. That's true. Marcus Aurelius is like, discover your own thoughts and, you know, we covet what we seek. They should have given you a degree right then. You figured it out. covet what we see every day. It wasn't figuring it out, but it was, I literally didn't understand it until later when I watched everybody else come back with like, you didn't understand the process. But when you first turned yours in and saw everybody else turning in these, these novels, were you like, oh, no. I was oh, a little nervous. No. <laughs> Mine was literally one page oh no <laughs> people type things they like one lady had a hardbound cover oh so she got all fancy this was like the third philosophy level it wasn't you weren't getting your phd no we were pretty beginner on this i just kind of want to see you walking into class and you're like i've made a mistake my buddy steve was in the class with me and he looked at me and he goes dude you are going to get the biggest f written on that and i'm like i don't think so i think i've figured this out i don't think he wants anything other than you answering You're 10 like, I think questions. Everybody's I think overthinking what it. he said is exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And it turned out. It was. I, like, I had like, it was, I like all my, it was the best A I ever got. Was that the last class you took? Were you like, no, 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 no. I did, I did a couple note? more after that, but it, it all got really heady, you know. Too much for you. Reading Nietzsche and all that shit. And whoosh, this is hard. Too much reading. So you wouldn't. I got really college. cocky with it. Like, why would oh, I read other philosophers? Because you're like, I'm a philosopher. Other now. philosopher, yeah. Because like, <laughs> I started thinking I was onto something. Well, why don't you write your own book? But other philosophers always learned from the teachings of the ones before earlier them. ones, right? So you're like, I'm the next one. I'm yeah, the next Socrates Nietzsche. and all the guys had others, and then I'm like, why not me? I wrote. Didn't you see my test? So you're basically saying like, don't go to school, kids. Oh, I would totally. Some look. There's too many dumb people in the world that think school's fixing it. And it's yeah, like, true. it's not the case. You got to go For, get life experience. There's three people in this room right now. Dom. You and me. Oh, right. Okay. Me and Dom both went to the same college. You did? Graduated Where? the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences. That's not a college. It's a, it's it's a, a technical trade school. school. I went to a trade school. Technical school. I went to a trade school, too. Uh, that's fine. I went to the Academy of Radio Broadcasting. Did you, did you get it? For six a? months. Did you drop out of that, too? No, I finished that. But three months in, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Where was that at? Phoenix. Yeah. And I thought, this basically just is meet somebody and be ambitious. Yeah. True. And I took advantage of who I met there. And I'm like, I can do anything you need me to do at the station at all times. And I'm like, come on down. So got look, my foot I mean, in the door at the radio station. And there's two guys with degrees in here yeah. and are, are far from successful. And there's one guy in here that dropped I wouldn't out say of school. Dom's far from successful. Well, you can't dress like that and be poor. Well, he's poor because he dresses like that. Oh, that's true. Those shirts he wears, those Dixon button-up shirts with the flamingos they're not on, cheap. they're like 90 bucks a piece. Wow. And in your money, that's like... That's like a lot. So, 
That's I like mean, yeah, moon, he's buddy. more successful than me, but come on, it's that's not come on. that's so being the, the tallest midget in the yeah. circus. I mean, it's literally, not that... if I were to sell you for your value and the couch you're sitting on, the couch, my I'd have to look it up. I might have to go to Antiques you'd, Roadshow. You'd be you'd have to weigh your options. Yeah. Although you'd do very well on Antiques Roadshow because Civil War memorabilia is amazing. If I could sell myself for money, that'd be yeah, awesome. You should just dress up as a general and go hello. I believe I'm actually a Civil War general. I know those doing re- they do reenactments and stuff, especially on the that East Coast. That would be too real with you. But see, I don't you think make the, those guys would get scared that I ghosts think... came back. <laughs> but plus, I don't think it pays. I think they just do that for fun. Oh yeah, it's hobbies for weird. Oh, I, I, that's no fun. I want money. No. Well, walk around as a Civil War guy, and maybe people will pay you. I could be like the Civil War guy because the the uh, Hollywood Superman. Did you hear about him? The guy that's been in the Superman costume on Hollywood Boulevard oh, for like yeah. forty years died. Yeah. They need a costume uh, entertainer. I could just be a... Uh... You think you could be Superman? No, no. I said Civil War. Dom, Northern. Did you, did you hear that? You shut up, Dom. <laughs> Dom's dying back there. Hey, listen. It's 2019. I know what year it is. Okay. And Superman is not doughy and bald. <laughs> I, listen, I can't fight either one of those because it's Evidently, true. Evidently, Superman's kryptonite is a whatchamacallit. No. Be, well, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superman with a sweet tooth, maybe, and bad vision. Hey, listen. Did you ever see that meme where uh, uh, Superman is at, or uh, Clark Kent is over at uh, Lois Lane's house, and he takes his glasses off and puts it on the table, and she goes, where did the table go? (laughs) She she can't recognize anything with glasses on. Have you seen the one where it's it's, uh, Lois Lane, and she's like, I got something to tell you. I think I'm pregnant. And he takes his glasses off, and he does the x-ray vision, and (laughs) radiates the baby, and he says, you're not anymore. God, I wish that was a real thing. Would you do that to just random pregnant women on the no. street? No. Or just the women I've impregnated. Just Megan. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't impregnate my wife. That's gross. <laughs> you wouldn't sully, I don't, I don't want her you to, wouldn't sully sweet Megan in no, that way? I don't want her body to go to crap. <laughs> like all these ladies who've had kids and whose husbands lie to them. Who, what, who, who are you It all snaps at? back. <laughs> right, Tom? <laughs> no woman wants to hear the reality of that. That's true. When I talk to guys with kids, they're like, it never is the same again. It's not, is it? <laughs> you can't say. Because if she hears it, you get in trouble. But it's, it's not the same. No, I mean, I don't, you know. It's not the same. No, it's not. It's not the same. It's different. Yep. But, you know. Yep. I love that little bundle of joy. Oh, the kid's great. But the thing it came out of never comes back. <laughs> that RB sandwich doesn't no. quite look the same nope. anymore. You drop the roast beef sandwich on the ground. You could still eat it. <laughs> I mean, I but will. It doesn't look like it did when you first got it. <laughs> it's like having somebody smoke in your car. Oh yeah, it's ruined. It's the never, the same. Is never the <laughs> same. I, I can't get that that you odor out of the car. You can wash it, and people be like, "Hey, it's pretty good." Mm-hmm. Still smell the smoke a little bit. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend, Johnny? <laughs> what do you got planned? Uh, n- you can go hang out, with Bob Saget. He said he wants to come to the show. That's about it. What about you? Working. Dom, what are you doing? What are you doing this weekend, Dom? Uh, working. Oh, man. That stinks. Man, barrel of fun Dom is. Well, thank you, Johnny. Is that it? That's it, Johnny. Okay. You can wave to the people on the camera, say hi to the fans. Uh, you're just America's sweetheart. Everybody <laughs> likes you. I hate cameras. <laughs> Look at my nose. My nose.